Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. Are you willing to let the government decide where you drive, what you eat, how much money you make, where you spend your money? Do you want the government or someone else to make that decision for you? We've lived in a free society for so long. That's not something that we're willing to do. And yet that's exactly what's happening in our country and around the world. Organizations like the World Economic Forum are making decisions for us that we haven't quite seen yet in a lot of ways, but the groundwork has been laid. And if the World Economic Forum has their goals met, it will all happen within the next seven years. I'm Debbie Blank. Today, we're going to continue talking about the goals and some of the decisions that were made at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland in January. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. As Debbie just said, this is the second in our series updating important news coming out of this year's annual World Economic Forum. And someone recently pointed out to me something ironic about its leaders. If you've seen any of the James Bond 007 movies, you know that there are always the actors who play evil villains who are out to destroy the world. Have you noticed how the leaders of the World Economic Forum, like its chairman Klaus Schwab and his trusted advisor Yuval Noah Harari, are perfect typecasting for these Bond villains? Their appearance, their speech, and their actions fit the roles perfectly. If you watch videos and see who they are and what they're actually doing, I think you'll find that the resemblance is uncanny. But what we are talking about here is very real and very serious. And in a way, maybe the fictional Bond villains aren't that fictional after all. Today, we'll continue to look into what real-life global villains are doing to control the world and what citizens and Christians need to do about it. Jackie, you mentioned Yuval Noah Harari. I had never heard of him until just recently. So I did some research to learn about him because he is Klaus Schwab's most trusted advisor. This man is an Israeli historian. He's a professor in the Department of History at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. He has made a statement, and I quote, we will become gods, end quote. He actually wrote a book that he titled Homo Deus, which is Latin for man, God, because he said, we really are becoming gods in the most literal sense possible. We're acquiring abilities that have always been thought to be divine abilities. And in particular, he mentioned creating life. And we can do with that whatever we want. So here's a man who's saying we no longer need God. And he's going on to make many other claims, too. He said, quote, but what we see in the last few centuries is humans becoming more powerful and they no longer need the crutches of the gods. Now we're saying we do not need God, just technology. I thought that sounds like the Tower of Babel, where they wanted to build a tower so they can reach God. Well, he's saying that we are gods and we don't need the crutches of God. He went on to say, so what will be the use of humans in such a world where computers outperform humans physically and cognitively? What will we do with billions of economically useless humans? Did you catch that? The technology of AIs and other things that they're doing 
are human created, but they're making them like gods and so strong that they no longer need humans. And they even called humans economically useless humans. So in an interview, when he was asked, well, what do you do with all these useless humans? Harari's response was, quote, at present, the best guess we have is to keep them happy with drugs and computer games. Boy, that sounds like COVID-19 when we shut down the country and then we couldn't get anybody to come back to work because they really liked their time off and they really liked doing what they wanted to do. And they got dummied down, you might say. That's exactly what Harari is saying is we're just going to dummy them down. I have wondered why so many states are legalizing marijuana. Because marijuana is a drug that you lose your senses. You just kind of have a laissez-faire attitude. And you don't really want to work and you're not dependable. Well, now I see why. They, in their plan for population control, want to dummy down humans so that we're no longer needed. After all, AIs can be gods. We can be gods through our technology, this man says. Does that sound like Isaiah 14, 13, and 14? When Satan said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That's what Satan said. That's what we're seeing from the chairman of the WEF, his most trusted advisor, Yuval Noah Harari. And to God, that is utter foolishness. For them to think that they could be like gods and do things that make them immortal. And one of the ways that they believe that they can become immortal is that they're going to upload their minds into the cloud and then they'll live forever. So they're trying to attain immortality without God. And it's just foolishness. It is. And God will judge them for that. But we can see that if we're becoming our own gods and if we're having AIs, then what we see in Revelation 13 about how people are going to follow the Antichrist and how they're going to turn away from God and blaspheme God and how they will worship the statue of the Antichrist. We can see that because we're seeing God taken out of every aspect of society. If we follow God and we follow the words of Scripture as we do, then we will not submit to this kind of tyranny. We will stand up for what's right. We as churches, we as individuals will need to stand up to that. They're not only talking about us being gods, but they're controlling our speech. We saw that during COVID again, where people who had a dissenting opinion about the vaccine or about COVID, or even people who had questions, they were fired, they were chastised, they were denigrated because they didn't agree with the powers that be. Now we have the European Union who has new online laws called the Digital Services Act and the Code of Practice, which regulates freedom of speech. Well, actually, it doesn't regulate. It takes it away. It restricts speech and confines the public opinion to state-approved narratives. They require tech companies to act as the thought police on their platforms so that the content agrees with the government says or what the government says is objectionable. Early in January, the European Commission warned Elon Musk that Twitter must do much more to protect users from hate speech, misinformation, 
and other harmful content or risk a fine and possibly even a ban under these new strict EU laws. Who determines what's misinformation, what's harmful content? The government does. So they're taking away our thought processes. They're telling us what we are to believe and how we are to think. Now, that's the European Union. It hasn't happened in the United States yet, and yet we're seeing it in COVID and many other things. We're even seeing it with our president, who tells us that if we follow mega, or if we follow the right-wing philosophy, that we're being divisive and we're stirring up trouble. That's his opinion. But just because he says it doesn't make it so. But it is misinformation to stand up against what the president says and what his agenda is. So we're not quite to those laws yet, and I'm hoping we never will get to those laws. But freedom of speech is on the chopping block. It's our First Amendment rights, and yet we are losing it. We have to fight sometimes in the courts to try and get it back. It's up to us to push back on those things. And when I think of the parents that went to the school board meetings and were threatened and so forth, but they pushed back, it gives me hope. Because if you're going to regulate free speech, it's not free speech anymore. In the free marketplace of ideas, truth would rise to the top. That's not what they're doing. They're trying to squelch that because they don't want anything to come out against them. What I've noticed is when they talk about this controlled speech, they like to hold the Communist Chinese Party up as an example of their social credit scores and how they can reward and constrain or punish even their citizens if they don't go along with what the government wants them to do or say. And I don't think that that's the example that we want held up. Exactly. We don't want China to be the example of what we follow. The European Commission's Vice President for Values and Transparency, her name is Vera Jerova, she said about Twitter and Elon Musk, the time of the Wild West is over. Twitter would face sanctions if it didn't comply with EU's new online regulations. But here she goes on to say that we, meaning the government, are the protectors of freedom of speech, not other people like Twitter, Facebook, everybody else. When we have the government controlling what we can say or do, it's a political decision. It's the decision made by a few in the political arena, not by the people. But our government and the governments around the world and the company leaders around the world have learned that they can control us with manipulation. They can tell us what we are to believe. A good example of that is the Palestinians. The Palestinians will tell you that they have been around for thousands of years, that they are descendants from the Philistines who were around before Israel was in the land. So therefore, the land belongs to them. They have said that narrative for decades now. The problem is, it is not true. You can go back and find out the origin of the Philistines, and it's not the Palestinians. The Palestinians are Arabs who came as a result of Ishmael. They were living to the east of Israel, and they were not part of Israel, but they have never been the Philistines. If we listen to a lie long enough, it becomes truth. That's what we're seeing now, and that's what is going to happen if we lose our freedom of speech in the public arena, but also as well as in our workplace. We have teachers who cannot stand up for what they believe, at least if you're conservative. You can't talk about Jesus. You can't try and share your beliefs or stand up for them in the public schools or you'll be fired. We have to start opening our eyes 
to how we're losing these fundamental rights that we have in this country. And we need to push back against it because it's individuals who are making these decisions, not our government, not our law. One of the things that I noticed coming out of the World Economic Forum was a top 10 global risks report for 2023. And there's a two-year and a 10-year period that they look at, but the crises that would be coming up in the next two years, they see as cost of living crisis, natural disasters and extreme weather events, geoeconomic confrontation, failure to mitigate climate change, erosion of social cohesion and societal polarization, large-scale environmental damage incidents, failure of climate change adaptation, widespread cybercrime and cyber insecurity, national resource crises, and large-scale involuntary migration. So some of that includes some of what we've talked about as far as food shortages and things like that. But when I looked at that, it was so funny. The first thing I thought of was Deuteronomy 28, and where the nation of Israel, the people of Israel at that time, were directed by God to repeat the blessings and cursings that they would then agree to, and it would be a covenant between them and God, that if you do these things, you will be blessed if you obey God, and the blessings are just wonderful. But if you don't, if you disobey God, there's this list of curses that nobody would want to have anything to do with. And if you read them, some of them line up very, very well with these crises that the world seems to be concerned about right now. And I thought, you know, we need to turn back to God. These things are the ultimate consequence of disobeying God. We need to go back to scripture and see all those things in Deuteronomy 28. Read those and see the blessings God will give us, as well as the curses. Now, I'm surprised at some of the things you read there, because not every one of them is true. The National Geographic reported in 2021 that, quote, disasters related to weather and climate have become less deadly over time. Over the past 50 years, the number of deaths tied to these disasters has dropped nearly threefold. So what they're saying about catastrophes increasing and what they're saying about deaths and things like that happening aren't factual. When they talk about our energy problems that we have, you have to remember that part of our energy problems right now are the fact that we have discontinued fossil fuels. And look at California, where they say that they won't sell anything but electric cars after 2035, I think it is. It's not working. Wind and solar, despite decades of subsidies and regulatory support, they still account for less than 5% of the energy that we consume. And why is that? Because it's not working. The intermittent nature of the use of these wind and solar opportunities, they only generate electricity for about a third of the time. Now, maybe that will change over time, but right now it's not sustainable. Whereas 84% of the world's energy is sustained and used of oil, gas, and coal. We have something that works And yet we're being told we can't use it because there's another agenda there. Do we not understand that what we need for electric cars and wind and solar, all those parts and all those minerals that we need for those come from China? We don't have those minerals in the United States or in many other parts of the world. So we're going to be dependent on China to get them. Why have we had such a shortage in cars for the last couple of years? Because China hasn't been shipping us the chips that we need for these cars. I don't want to be dependent on China. And yet, by going into this energy crisis that we're in, 
we have now become dependent on other nations, not ourselves. So these are actually man-made crises, crises that are created by these leaders so that then they can come along and be the solution to the crisis. And I, I do think about the scripture, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we need to pray about that. Something that isn't law that they are trying to make us think is law is anything to do with the World Health Organization being held above our Constitution. So there are things where the World Health Organization has declared that this is legally binding. Our sovereignty, for lack of a better word, over what happens during a pandemic or during certain things, it can't be questioned. Most of the countries in the world are supposedly legally bound by whatever the WHO says. From our perspective, it needs to be two-thirds approved by our Congress, and it never came before our Congress. And yet they tell us this is something that's legally binding on people in our country. It's not true. But if we don't push back, it might as well be true, because that's how it'll operate. Well, the World Economic Forum website says health equities have long characterized global health. The persistence of these inequities reflects an urgent need to close the health gaps that threaten our progress on health. Well, what kind of gaps are they going to close? And did you notice the word inequities? Inequities or equalities are two words that they use interchangeably throughout all of their discussions because they want us to see that they are just being fair. And anything that's not fair, they have to change. And we should go along with it. The World Economic Forum is in collective cooperation with the WHO, as you said, which controls pretty much everything. If corporate influence is aligned with the interests of health equity, they say, it can dramatically scale up our capacity to promote health globally. So they're talking about aligning government and aligning corporations to increase the health worldwide. Well, when you think about it, that sounds good because it sounds like capitalism. But that's not what they're talking about. What they're talking about is taking away our opportunities for good health and giving it to people in third world countries. Now, we'll still have health services, but not like we've had them before because we want to be equitable with the people who don't have them. So we're sharing, according to the WEF, but sharing in a way that will take away what we're used to having. And that's okay to help other people, but not when we're just giving our resources and our opportunities because somebody else says we need to do that. So there's a lot of concerns about this worldwide socialized medicine. When you look at Israel, they have a socialized medicine plan that works great. People get all the help they need at reasonable prices. You look at the socialistic health care in Canada, and it's horrible. People cannot get the services they need. They're coming to the United States having to pay out of their pocket because they are months or years away from major operations or just getting what they need. We don't know which kind of health care we're going to get with this new system that the World Economic Forum is talking about. And when we talked about censoring a little bit earlier with free speech, there was a law that fortunately a judge knocked down in California, but it was to censor doctors and what they said. And if they said anything that went against the prevailing opinion, which comes down from the WHO and the CDC, then they were to be fined. They could lose their license if they didn't say exactly what they were told to say. We know in medicine, doctors should be allowed discernment. They have education. 
they're vowed to do no harm, and yet they were being shut up and told to do certain things. During the pandemic, they had to go by the protocol, not by what they knew in their hearts was right for their patients. But if remdesivir was in the protocol, then the patient got remdesivir. The doctor couldn't do much about it. That's not the way healthcare is supposed to be managed. But under Obamacare, that's what was starting to happen. Getting back to the World Economic Forum, they talked at their recent meeting about today's crises and tomorrow's catastrophes. Their today's crises, they called energy supply crisis, the cost of living crisis, and food supply crisis. The cost of living crisis, that's individual governments misspending their money. So we're going to get an unelected group of people that are going to come in to each country and tell them how to spend their money? It sounds to me like they're going to collect a lot of money from their corporate sponsors to buy out the control of these countries. But notice that energy supply crisis is the number one issue there, and climate change is their number one issue for long-term threats. And who is the number one supporter of climate change? Al Gore, who also happens to be a member of their board of directors at the WEF. Al Gore said, quote, we're still putting 162 million tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere every single day. And the accumulative amount is now tapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on Earth. Where does he get his proof? You see, people can say whatever they want, but prove it to us. He's also the one that said in 2006 that within the decade, there'll be no more snows on Kilimanjaro. He also said in 2009 that the North Pole will be ice-free in the summer of 2013. Well, that didn't happen either. So the things he's saying are extreme. We don't know that there's any truth behind it. There's no question that we as humans are using gases and other things that are hurting our atmosphere. But let's remember who's in charge of the atmosphere. It's God. He created the nature. He created the sun, the moon, the stars, the atmosphere, the skies. Why don't we turn to him and look to the creator for how he would have us live rather than making assumptions or statements like that that certainly are meant to scare or put fear in people's minds so that we will do what they want us to do. You know, when I read what he says, I think we've been freezing here in Nebraska and you're just talking about global warming and how things have changed. God tells us in Genesis that we're always going to have seasons. He even tells us in Jeremiah 31:36, if this fixed order departs from before me, and that's, he's talking about the seasons and the sun and the stars and the sea and everything, then the offspring of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. Well, Israel hasn't ceased to be a nation. God was using a hyperbole here to explain that Israel will always be his nation, and they are. And he's also saying that nobody can destroy the atmosphere or the heavens except God. And yet Al Gore says that we're destroying it. Of the 2,500 people who attended the World Economic Forum, 1,000 used private jets. So according to a study commissioned by Greenpeace International, Yahoo News reported that the carbon dioxide emission from these extra flights were equal to putting roughly 350,000 gasoline-powered cars on the road for the same week-long period. So it's okay for them to use gases when it benefits them. 
but not us. Even a couple of years ago, John Kerry acknowledged 90% of all of the planet's global emissions when they come from outside the U.S. borders. So we in the United States are being forced to make all these changes that aren't working, by the way, and yet 90% of the problems come from other countries. All of what we're reading and seeing is hypocritical, designed to control people and to control an agenda that the World Economic Forum and other leaders have put together. Well, you know that when you get to see how many of them have mansions that are beachfront properties. So I don't think they're too worried about the oceans rising, at least not right away. A lot of this is demonstrably untrue. Well, all of this information is very disheartening to me. I don't like change, especially when it's change that's put on me by somebody else that doesn't know me, that has no understanding of who I am and what's important to me, and yet they're making decisions for my life. What I eat, what I can drive, where I can go, where I can make my money, how I can spend my money, all those decisions are starting to be made for me, and they will continue when this agenda is fulfilled in seven years. So what do we do? Well, first and foremost, our focus has to be on God, not on the world. Second Chronicles 26 reminds us, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Our focus needs to be on our God and what he is doing and how he's in control. Remember, he tells us in Daniel 2, it is he who removes kings and establishes kings. So the leaders that are making these decisions, he is allowed to be in their positions. But we, at least right now in this country, have the opportunity to make changes so that our government does not approve these things that are going on worldwide, that our government does not agree with these population control agendas and the technological agendas and the food shortages, and the changes that they're talking about that are destructive to our country and to us, rather than beneficial to us or to the rest of the world. The World Economic Forum is all about control and their own personal agenda. So we need to focus on God and trust Him to give us wisdom in the direction we need to go. Now going on, we need to be prepared spiritually for all that's happening, because change is coming about. So we need to know Jesus. We need to walk with him. We need to obey him. With all the changes that are going on in the world, let's make some changes in our spiritual lives to try and draw closer to Jesus. Because with changes comes fear and uncertainty. And yet Jesus is our stability. He's our hope in times of trouble. We need to contact our government officials with our concerns and do what we can as individuals. First to know what's going on and then to spread the truth, not the innuendos. What we've been sharing with you the last two weeks are quotes from websites and quotes from these people as to what their agenda is. We're not just throwing out a bunch of hyperbole. These are facts. So educate yourself. Don't buy into the manipulation that's going on or the woke or socialistic movements. Don't buy into the division that's part of all of this. Instead, seek God and desire to walk in peace with one another but also be willing to stand up for truth and speak through your buying power. We have the ability to make our positions known by buying or not buying certain products. If you look at who's involved in the World Economic Forum, 
You'd be amazed at how many big corporations are. Pfizer, by example, is one. But also other big corporations that if we just stop buying from them, we'll make an impact. And they who are part of trying to change the world agenda won't be able to do it anymore because they won't have the financial means. There's a lot of things that we can do, but we must do something. If we don't do something soon, we'll wake up in seven years and our whole world will be different. So let's turn to Jesus and seek his direction in how he would have each of us go individually. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.